scripture out of Acts 2. Let all the house of Israel, now this is Peter talking here. Peter had a big role on Good Friday. Uh, he gets thrown under the bus a lot, doesn't he? It's like not fair. What did, what did Peter do? We know he cut a dude's ear off. Good job. Some people say that he pulled out a sword. Some translations say it was a bread knife. So, <laughs> yeah, he's passionate. Give him that. We also know that he had a foul mouth and he denied his Savior when things got scary. And he was human and we know that Jesus forgave him. So when he stands up and people know this is a guy who gets scared when death is on the line, all of a sudden, Peter is this guy who is no longer afraid of death anymore because you become less afraid of death when your leader can die and come back. Things change. So he gets up before this crowd and he says, Let the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified call out to the crowd. But now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent. That means turn around. It's time to change. Give up and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. My friends, it is in Christ alone that we find hope. Peter didn't say, you know, get right, figure it out, come back, I'm going to teach you a new way into uh, being a good Jew. He just says, it's all about Jesus now. And they were astonished. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song, this cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, what fears are still when stirring cease, my comforter.
scripture many times and he comes through every time so he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross and on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds you have been healed
In Romans 5, 6 through 8, it says, Christ died for us at a time when we were helpless and sinful. No one is really willing to die for an honest person, though someone might be willing to die for a truly good person. But God showed how much he loved us by having Christ die for us while we were still sinful. Love's like a hood. 
I hope you've been blessed by the worship so far tonight. And uh, it's been an honor to be a part of your Good Friday here with you. And some of you, this is your first time with us, and we're so glad you came tonight to worship with us, to, to focus on the cross. And uh, we're just glad you came. And for all of us here, I'm glad you're here. Um, you should have received a little card like this as you came in. And just let us know about your visit with us, and we'd like to connect with you. And I uh, would just thank you for coming. And of course, this Sunday, we get to celebrate, you know, part two. Tonight, part one. And t- Sunday, part two, we have two service times, 9.30 and 11. I want to invite all of us to be back here, uh, one of those services at 9.30 or 11 o'clock. We normally meet at 10.30, but this Sunday only at 9.30 and 11. And we'd love for you to be here and uh, to worship with us for part two of what God is doing here in our lives. And um, I want to look at a passage of scripture. We've heard several scriptures already. And um, I want to look at Isaiah chapter 53. And Isaiah was written by the prophet Isaiah, and he wrote this passage of scripture 700 years before Jesus ever showed up. This is a prophecy of, of, the, of the man that they knew that was coming, a Messiah. And they didn't know when he was coming, but they knew he was coming one day. And, and so Isaiah describes in detail he described in detail what would happen to this Messiah on Good Friday. And he says in verse number three, he was despised, rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. In fact, they called him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? You know, can anything good come out of the city of Nazareth? They didn't believe that this was the man. Many people thought he was a miracle worker, but they didn't hold him to to the level that he was supposed to be. He was the Messiah. It said in verse number four, surely he took up our pain, and he bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed by our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. And he says in verse 6, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He never cursed those that were crucifying him. He never Blasted him. He could have called the angels down. He could have, he could have just called it, I'm stopped. That's it. I'm done. 
but he never opened his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his chariots is silent. He didn't open his mouth. Let me look at verse number 10. Yet it was the Lord's will, our Heavenly Father's will, to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offerings and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. And then 700 years later, Jesus came. Born in Bethlehem, he lived his life perfect. He was the son of God. He was falsely accused. He was thrown on a cross, and he died. The night before he died, he was having his last supper. Now, they didn't call this the last supper back then. The disciples didn't think that this was going to be their last meal. But Jesus knew. And Jesus is having supper. He's having supper with his disciples. He's having dinner, the Passover dinner, the Passover supper, which was the celebration of their freedom from Egypt. And this is an annual holiday. This was an annual event. This was a very important event in the, for the life of a Hebrew person. And so they're, they're reflecting on the slavery that they were part of in Egypt and the freedom that they had that God delivered them to. And so they're, they're having this meal, and Jesus knew this was his last meal. He knew that the one by him would betray him. He knew that Peter would deny him. He knew that in a few hours that he would be falsely accused, arrested in the garden. He knew that was all going to play out. And yet here he is, having a meal with the disciples. And part of his story in Matthew chapter 26, the Bible says while they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. He, he decided that he was going to do something different. I know we've been celebrating Passover, guys, but I want to I introduce a new concept. I want to introduce a new idea. I'm going to offer an idea that we still practice today for believers called communion. And he took a piece of bread. When I was growing up, I've always thought that he pulled out Wonder Bread. But Wonder Bread didn't happen back then. In fact, they would have pulled out something a little bit more cruder than this, but it would look like this, that thin. They would call it masa bread. And he would pull this out while they were eating. And Jesus, he saw an opportunity to make a picture of his body. It may be hard to see where you're at, but masa bread, if you look in the light, has holes in it. You'll see the tiny little holes. You also notice the stripes 
And Jesus took a beautiful picture of this bread and he said, this is my body. I'm going to be pierced with your transgressions. And by my wounds, by stripes, you will be healed. My body will be broken for you. And he broke the bread. I'm sure the disciples were like, man, this is, where are we going with this, Jesus? Jesus knew that in a few hours, he would be crucified. His body pierced with your sins. His body would be beaten where you couldn't identify him by stripes all over his body from the whip that the Roman soldier carried out. They said that when he was on the cross, you couldn't recognize the man, Jesus. He was beaten. And he hung on that cross for six hours. You see, we might wear a cross today you know, as, a, as, a, as a celebration of what, he, of what Christ did, but you know, no one wore crosses on their neck back then. I mean, it was a cruel, awful, horrific way to die. And Jesus didn't open his mouth. But he laid his life. He didn't even fight the Roman soldier. Most people that are getting crucified, they're trying to fight. They're trying to struggle. But Jesus just laid his life. Laid his life down. He became obedient even to the death of the cross. And he did that for you and for me. I love Isaiah 53, verse number 10. And I want to read it in a different version as we kind of wrap this talk up. Isaiah 53, verse 10. I want to read it in the message translation. It said, Still, it's what God had in mind all along, to crush him with pain. The plan was that he gave himself, but that he gave himself as an offering for sin so that he sees life come from him. Life, life, and more life. And God's plan would deeply prosper through him. Because of cross, because of what Jesus did on the Calvary, we have life through him. When he cried out, it is finished. He paid the price of your sins. He, prayed, he paid the price of my sins. He said, it is finished. It is done for. I don't leave it hanging for you to pay it off the rest. I paid the first payment, and I paid the final payment. It is paid for. Your forgiveness has been paid for through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so at that Lord's Supper, at that last supper, he broke bread. And he said, do this to remember me. And then he said, in verse 27, he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, 
drink from it, all of you, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. In just a minute, we're going to have time for communion. We're going to reflect on the cross. By the way, we've got these little mops of bread broken up. And when you pick one up, you'll see the stripes. You'll see the holes. May you reflect who he is. This is a picture of his broken body that he's done for you. You take these, by the way, just for the record, these are gluten-free, so in case that's out here. Gluten-free uh, masa bread. I'm sure they didn't have that back then, okay? <laughs> just gluten-free, and I, I want you to focus. You're going to, a few minutes, you're going to take one of these, and you're going to dip it in grape juice. You're going to remember the sacrifice of Jesus. Our Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for what you did on the cross. We thank you for your sacrifice. We didn't, you didn't have to, but you chose to. You chose to lay down your life for me, for everyone here, and for all of the world, and all of mankind, and all of history. You gave your life so that we can have life. And so God, we pray today. Lord, I pray to you as we take this next few minutes, we commune with you, as we focus on what salvation, what you, the, the sacrifice and the cross, God, may we focus on what you've done. May we get lost in the moment here. God, I pray that we don't become casual with this moment. I pray that we get lost in this moment because you, you gave it all. You died, and you didn't have to. So God, I pray tonight that this moment that we'll remember, we will remember what you did. We can't wait to celebrate what happens on Sunday that you rose again. In your name I pray. Amen.
exactly as Jesus told us that when we gather together that we would take bread representing his broken body and that we eat it remembering his body and that when we take this juice that we remember his blood that was sacrificed for us and we know that in any other walk of life in fact it was weird back then when Jesus said unless you eat of my body and drink of my blood it actually said that the crowd thinned at that point but for us, we believe that if we only think about God and how good he makes us feel and we forget about the sacrifice that it took, we're missing, we're missing that relational piece of connecting with and saying, we were not worthy, but oh, what love is this? So here's what we're gonna invite you to do. I don't know what your history is with communion. If maybe you've never done it before and you're like, that just weirds me out. I don't want a part of it. Or maybe you're like some of my family that grew up Catholic and they're like, where is the priest? This guy has jeans on and no robe. We understand that. But what we have here is that we prepared matzah bread that was broken in a clean environment. And we have a napkin for you. So what you do is you take the napkin, you take that piece of bread that represents the body of Christ. You dip it in the juice, representing how his blood covered that. And then you can eat it right there or you can carry that back to your seat. But the key part is that this is a moment of reflection. That you take a moment and you just say, God, is there anything, anything in me that's causing disunity in my home or in my church? And that's why we call it communion, like community. Like this is us coming together, realizing that we are individuals who need Jesus and we are a community that needs Jesus. So we want you to take that time and what better day to do communion than on the day that we take and we remember him. So as we sing, we want you to come up and, and take the element again, napkin, dip the bread, and then you can take it right there or you can head back to your seat. But you are invited to do that right now as we start from verse one, from verse one. Oh. 
and we want you to leave this place, um, this room specifically, and kind of treat it like a holy place. So we're going to walk out quietly together. Feel free to hang out and talk and do fellowship and all that jazz out there. But for inside here, we just kind of wanted to treat this like something special so that when you come back to one of our services on Sunday, you come back into a place that remembers not just something that was done, but something that is right now, that he is alive and it is amazing and we will sing and we will worship and we will change. And there were people who are going to come in here that you have begged, if not dragged, to church in a gym and they are going to find out about that Jesus for the first time, for the first time or the 50th time in this time say, I surrender. That's why we want to treat this kind of like a special place. So I'm going to pray and then we'll be dismissed quietly. But if, if you want a few minutes where you just, you need to not rush out, that's, you're totally welcome to hang out in here. Um, we'll put some music on in the background and you can treat it as such. And then tomorrow at two, if you're a person who, who likes to come and pray, we're going to be praying in here tomorrow. We're going to walk over and we're going to touch every seat. We're going to pray over our kids' areas that there's a wonderful experience tomorrow and that we make much of Jesus. So let me pray for you now. God, uh, our perfect, perfect good shepherd, we thank you, God, that we who were just like sheep went astray and you went after us, that you showed us you loved us that while we were yet sinners, you still died for us. So we remember that today. We remember that as a community. We remember that as a family, God, today. And we say that we love you and worship you and thank you and that these moments are for you to remember. We do this in remembrance of you. Amen.